Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Culture Wars. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and sorry you haven't heard from me on the podcast lately. I've been on the road quite a bit. I've been a bit around Canada, especially in the prairies, doing pro-life presentations, and then I was also recently in Washington, D.C., where the National Conservatism Conference was being held. It was a very interesting conference. The conference was basically attempting to explore what a post-Trump conservative conservatism, pardon me, might look like. They had a whole bunch of different speakers there. They had Tucker Carlson, who was basically riffing on one of the themes of his book, Ship of Fools, which I reviewed over at thebridgehead.ca earlier this year. They had J.D. Vance, who was there to talk about some of the themes he talks about in his book, Hillbilly Elegy, uh, which was re- the rights of that book was recently purchased by Netflix. There was a whole bunch of great speakers there that were discussing a lot of different interesting themes. And we've got a few of the speakers at that conference joining me on my podcast over at LifeSite News, the Van Maren Show, over the next couple of months. If you want to take a closer look at what happened at this National Conservatism Conference, you can head over to thebridgehead.ca. I actually uh, tried to write live from the conference. I was at the back of the hotel room there at the Ritz-Carlton Ballroom, basically taking notes frantically as the speakers were laying out their different visions. And then during the breaks, I was turning those notes into paragraphs and then trying to flip those paragraphs into blog posts so I could keep people sort of updated as to what was going on at that conference. And it was a pretty crazy week because then I was in Maryland later that week uh, speaking to a pro-life group called Survivors. They're based out of California. I've spoken to their group before. Uh, They hosted an international pro-life youth conference back in 2014 that I spoke at. I spoke on pro-life strategy. And this time they wanted me to speak again on the use of abortion victim photography, which my book, Seeing is Believing, is about, as well as uh, pro-life apologetics and things like that. And then after that, we went out and did pro-life activism. We uh, basically did a massive display in front of of an AOC rally. For those of you who don't know who AOC is, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I basically uh, made sure that everybody's pro-life argumentation was up to snuff, gave people feedback, gave people tips. And then uh, we also managed to do uh, something I'd never done before. I've I've never actually seen the inside of of Congress uh, while they were actually debating. So I ducked in with uh, with two friends right as they were doing the vote on, on Trump's impeachment, which those of you who watch the news will know failed miserably, of course. But it was kind of funny, actually, to see a whole bunch of these people in real. I saw Nancy Pelosi with her frozen face. Um, we got to meet Dan Crenshaw, the Texas congressman and a hardcore pro-lifer. He's a, he's a phenomenal guy. And then that evening, we actually did a pro-life display outside a bar in Washington, D.C. that was basically giving the proceeds of one of their beers towards the D.C. abortion fund. So it was a pretty crazy week. And then after that, I've basically just been catching up, writing articles and columns, uh, doing a lot of work uh, at the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, where I serve as communications director. And today, the podcast is actually going to be on a single topic. And that's because those of you who are watching the news uh, will have already noticed the most recent victim of the liberal rage mob. And that would be the uh, television host of Extra, 
uh, Mario Lopez. Now, uh, as those of you who know me will know, I don't follow celebrity culture all that closely. So half the time I actually find out who these celebrities are when they've walked into the totalitarian buzzsaw by saying something that isn't sufficiently woke. And of course, that's an ever-moving target. Things that are offensive now were not offensive roughly 45 minutes ago, and things that were wildly offensive 45 minutes ago are now established dogma that you must believe at gunpoint this year and this current year. Who knows what wonders 2020 will bring. But to back up a little bit to explain what happened to our friend Mario Lopez here, this television personality, I have to go back to a column I wrote in April about Charlize Theron. I think I'm pronouncing her name right anyway. She's a very famous actress who's been in a number of major action films and things like that. She's a South African actress. And the interesting thing about her is that she has recently announced uh, that a baby uh, that she adopted, a baby boy who she named Jackson, um, she adopted this baby in 2012, is now actually her daughter. In other words, she's saying that her boy is transgender. Her son is now her daughter. And this comes as, like, no surprise to a lot of the more obsessive observers of Hollywood because apparently uh, Theron has, like, they've been wondering for years if she's been raising a boy, uh, her son, as a girl because there's been photographs of Jackson outfitted in dresses and skirts and sporting long hair and braids. But, you know, this is Hollywood and people are kind of freewheeling. And people sort of do whatever they want, so nobody was quite sure. But now she's actually confirmed that she's raising her son as a daughter. But she's asserted that he is as much her daughter as her youngest child, who is a three-year-old actual girl named August. So how did this trans <coughs> excuse me transformation come about? Well, here's what she said, and I'm going to quote directly from an interview with the Daily Mail. I thought she was a boy, too. Until she looked at me when she was three years old and said, I'm not a boy. So there you go. I have two beautiful daughters who, just like any parent, I want to protect and I want to see thrive. They were born who they are and exactly where in the world both of them get to find themselves as they grow up and who they want to be is not for me to decide. So let's summarize there. Her, her son said, I'm not a boy. Her son is now being raised as her daughter because... He said he is not a boy. Now, let's pay very careful attention to something here. This boy was three years old. Three years old when he made this pronouncement. Three years old. And one of the things that's very important to note about kids when they're three years old is they don't know anything yet. Uh, their brains are not developed, and in fact, they don't even know what gender actually is. And let me read you another little example uh, from another column that I wrote recently. When a young boy who decided that he was also transgender um, was talking to his grandmother. I'm going to read you an excerpt here from a great article in the Christian Post. And this was related by a grandmother who has a grandson declaring himself to be transgender. Here's the excerpt. Eight-year-old Jack Wilson was on a weekend visit to his grandparents' house in mid-December 2016 when he informed his grandmother that his name was really Jacqueline. Grammy, my name is Jacqueline, he complained as he walked into the room and sat down at the kitchen table for lunch. He had just received Christmas presents from friends of his grandmother addressed to Jack and was visibly upset. 
Why is that your name? Amanda Wilson, his grandmother, asked in response as she set a plate of chicken and rice in front of him. He replied, because I am a girl now. What makes you think you're a girl? She inquired. It's my gender, he said. She pressed him. Well, what's a gender? He stared back at her, puzzled, and said, I don't know. Of course he doesn't know. He's a little boy. And to assume that a three-year-old understands gender is straight-up nuts. That's straight-up abusive. I have a toddler, and there are moments when she thinks she's a cat. Children of active imaginations, that should be encouraged. They should be allowed to have a childhood. So this idea that a child announces that they are something and you take their word for it despite the fact that that child literally does not understand the meaning of the words coming out of his or her mouth. A three-year-old doesn't know definitively what a boy or a girl even is. And to Charlize Theron's bizarre statement that her son was born a daughter... That's not the case, obviously, because they knew he was a boy because he was born with a penis. This is not rocket science. Every sane person actually knows this. And it, the, the, the delusion that we're embarked on as a culture is going to be so incredibly damaging to so many children. I'm not going to get further into the details on that. You can head over to the bridgehead.ca. I wrote a column on us using children as social guinea pigs this week, and I, I addressed another podcast to this issue. I just want to point out the background for this case, that a little boy who is presumably not allowed to choose his own food or his own bedtime is apparently allowed to choose his own gender, even though he doesn't even understand what the word gender is. And so this story, this whole event with Shirley's Theron saying that her boy is now a girl based on something uh, that the boy said when he was three came up in a discussion on the Candace Owens show between the black conservative commentator Candace Owens and our friend Mario Lopez, the host of Extra. I'm not actually sure what sort of TV show Extra is because, again, I don't follow that sort of thing, but whatever, he, he, he's quite a successful TV uh, personality. And he's having this chat on the Candace Owens show, which is hosted by PragerU, which is the outfit of conservative commentator Dennis Prager. And he's having a chat about uh, Charlize Theron's decision to raise her boy as a girl. And Lopez noted that he had concerns about children who are very young choosing their own identi gender identity, which, by the way, is a concern that most people have. Many experts have brought this up. There have been many studies that have come out indicating how dangerous this is. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, normal sane people realize that three-year-olds who do not even understand what the word gender is cannot choose their gender. And so here are the comments that he made that have resulted in this a volcanic eruption of molten outrage from the queer community uh, this week. I would say if you come from a place of love, you really can't go wrong, Lopez said. But at the same time, if you're three years old, you say you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then. OK, you're going to be a boy or a girl. I just think of the repercussions later on. So he didn't even come out and take a stand against transgenderism or anything really LGBT. He just said, look, when a kid is three years old and they say they're a boy or a girl when they are biologically not, it seems like it could be dangerous to affirm that. It's not even a decision. Again, three-year-olds aren't making decisions. They have instincts. So to say that that, uh, that, that that child actually knows what he or she is saying is just objectively wrong. And so Lopez's comments are just an observation. They're not even like a, a condemnation or an argument, really. 
but immediately the LGBT groups came gunning for him. And GLAD, G-L-A-A-D, accused him of making dangerous statements against a vulnerable group of children. Now, this is just such garbage because the actual danger to these vulnerable children is organizations that are trying to force our culture to take statements made by little kids who don't understand them and to affirm them to the point of actually giving them medical treatment, hormone blockers, that sort of thing. So they're the ones that are actually posing a danger to children, not to mention that these are also the people who are defending drag queen story time and children uh, who are drag queens and things like that, which is the hypersexualization of children by any standard. But anyway, so this is gaslighting, right? This is what they're accusing Mario Lopez of being. And immediately, the rage mob obediently followed uh, the lead of GLAD and several other LGBT groups, who, by the way, very helpfully offered to re-educate him. And this is just so gross to me. They have this sort of like really insidious way of offering re-education, but it's it's sort of like a gloved hand with a knife in it because really like they're offering this in such a way that indicates you don't actually have a choice because if you don't, something very bad might happen to you. There's something so creepy about compelling panicky people to repudiate something they've said by basically blackmailing them and threatening to destroy their lives with this insidious, sickly sweetness of a sadistic interrogator who has arrived with the sole goal of forcing you to say something you don't want to say. Right? If you believe that little children should be left alone and permitted an uncomplicated childhood, unpoisoned by the insane postmodern ideologies of their delusional parents, then you must be forced to do the shuffle of shame while everyone screams at you before the high priests of the LGBTQ movement will grant you absolution. And so you can imagine what happened. The rage mob came out immediately screaming for his head because he said that, you know, three-year-olds, we should be careful when a three-year-old girl says she's a boy or vice versa. That, of course, is just awful. So he was offered re-education. The rage mob went after him. His Wikipedia page was changed to read, Mario Lopez Jr. is a transphobic and misogynistic American actor. They tried to get him fired from his TV job immediately, right? This is the first thing that happens. We don't like what he said, fire him. He needs to be banished from the public square for saying that little children, you know, we should be careful when little children make statements they don't understand, especially when the things that we're going to be doing might have a permanent impact of their lives, right? Kill him, hang him. There's obviously something horribly wrong with this person for saying something the vast majority of the American public actually believes. This is nuts. This is nuts. But of course, in a matter of hours, Mario Lopez is facing a choice. He can either apologize, he can grovel and apologize for what he has said, or he can watch the career that he's worked on for years burn down overnight. Like, he's gone. Everything he's worked for will suddenly be gone. And I dare you to read some of the, the media coverage of this, of this story. It's just, just really disgusting what they did to him. All the stories, NBC, CBS, what they were saying was, Mario Lopez doesn't support transgender children. Like, what kind of garbage is that? You all heard. Let me read what he said again, just so you can you can see hear for yourself what, what he actually said. I would say if you come from a place of love, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, if you're three years old, you say you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be, I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then. Okay, you're going to be a boy or a girl. I just think of the repercussions later on. What part of that says I don't support transgender children? 
Now, I think that the idea of transgender children, as I've explained earlier, is is a fundamentally harmful. I think we're using children as social guinea pigs, and I think the malpractice lawsuits against those who facilitated these transitions in later life are going to be crazy. I have a lawyer friend who has said before that the lawsuits, the malpractice lawsuits launched by former transgender children are going to be enormous. Dr. Jordan Peterson says the same thing. But what about that statement actually says, I don't support transgender children. So the media is blatantly lying. They're just basically going to try and get his head on a stick. And then he basically has a choice. We'll burn down everything you've built. You won't have a job. You'll be disgraced. You know, you'll, you'll exit the public square being accused of a, be a whole, being a homophobe, a transphobe, a misogynist, whatever. Or you can apologize and we can make this go away. And, of course, by Lopez apologizing to the LGBTQ movement, that strengthens their cultural power because they basically have another scalp on their belt. They have proven that they can force celebrities to climb down from statements in a matter of 24 hours if those celebrities don't kowtow to exactly what they demand. And so Lopez did, of course, what the mob demanded. He came out to confess that his remarks were, quote, ignorant and insensitive, and that he now has a, quote, deeper understanding of how hurtful they were. And additionally, he said, I have always been and will always be an ardent supporter of the LGBTQ community, and I'm going to use this opportunity to better educate myself. Moving forward, I will be more informed and thoughtful. So his re-education is complete, but notice, notice something particularly disgusting here. The totalitarianism of the LGBT crowd wielding this club of cultural power is so powerful that this panicky celebrity will actually thank the mob, thank the mob demanding that he be fired for the opportunity to apologize and confess his sins. This is just crazy, right? He thanks the people coming for his head for the opportunity to change his mind and say, oh, no, 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 I actually agree with you. This is how much power they're wielding. This is how much power they're wielding over somebody who made it. Uh, well, one, he didn't say what they said he was saying. And what he did say was so eminently reasonable that virtually everybody actually agrees with him. But because the corporations, especially the major TV networks, are completely in the pocket of the LGBTQ crowd, which is why they're using all the pronouns, which is why they're talking about biological men and calling them she, calling them females. And so the business he's in, if he doesn't kowtow to the right group, he's going to lose his job. And there's a lot of conservatives that are coming out against Lopez right now, and they're saying, like, look, you caved to the liberal rage mob. Look, like, why, why, why did you immediately buckle and take it all back? And, 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 and fair enough, but at the, at the same time, just like Lopez, that's not the circles he runs in. He's not running for the National Review or the Federalist or First Things, right? He's working on TV, and basically he's facing the loss of his entire career or he can just give this really gross, groveling apology and hope that this whole story rides out in one more news cycle, right? That's basically his choice. But this is totalitarian, and there's just something gross. And here's, here is what I think is the grossest about this whole thing. And it's something that most people won't say out loud because they can't say it out loud. And nobody can, like, looking at this story, right, the media, the, the LGBTQ groups, the rage mob, they come for his scalp, he does what they demand of him, and then, he, you know, he sits there sort of, like, sweating and heaving in a corner, hoping they'll just leave him alone so he can get back to his career, and hopefully he wrote out the storm. But the thing that nobody will say out loud is that Mario Lopez probably hasn't changed his mind on this issue. 
right? Lopez, like most Americans, probably still believes that it's dangerous to take the word of a three-year-old on something that a toddler, by definition, cannot understand. But the LGBTQ mob presented him with a choice. Confess your sin, show your penitence, and we won't destroy your career. And so he could stick to his guns and end up with his head on a stick, or he could give them the statement they demanded and hope that his, you know, turn on the news cycle would be over quickly. So that's the thing, is this movement is so powerful, it can force people to say things that they don't believe in order to survive the news cycle so that they won't be destroyed. And that's where we're at as a culture right now. I did uh, the second episode of this Culture Wars podcast was on transgender totalitarianism. You can go back and give that a listen if you want more examples of this. But I just wanted to really highlight three things from the story that I think are important for everybody to realize. One, that increasingly transgenderism, this is not about live and let live. This is not about adults making adult decisions. This is about little kids who are saying things they cannot understand and are having delusional adults place them on a path that they cannot grasp and irrevocably changing their lives because they believe in an ideology that, again, you could not explain to a three-year-old if you tried. So this is about kids. The reason gender ideology is so dangerous is because we are using a generation of children as social guinea pigs. That's why ge- this gender garbage in schools is so dangerous. I get emails from parents all the time, parents whose kids are coming home claiming to be transgender. This is happening in Canada. It's happening in the U.S. The number of transgender children in the United Kingdom has spiked by 4,000%, mostly among girls and autistic children. This is about kids. This is not, this is not about Live and let live, adults making their own decisions. This is about kids. Second of all, this is not about live and let live because they are not satisfied with anybody anywhere actually believing something differently than they do, which is why you're seeing them go after somebody like Lopez, lying about what he said and forcing him basically at gunpoint to get on board with the program. This is... This is basically an attempt to colonize and dominate the public square and force anybody, Christian or not, who does not believe in every jot and tittle of their ever-evolving theology out of it. Out of it. And three, this is about completely reshaping reality. Right? This isn't about saying two dudes can get married. This is about saying a dude can be a girl if he wants to. It's about saying dudes can get pregnant. It's about saying women have penises. That's where we are. This is insane. There are a lot of people who think, who cares about the transgender thing? It's crazy. Sure, maybe it is, but I promise you it's going to affect your life. It probably already has, but it very much will in the future. So thanks so much for weighing in on this episode of The Culture Wars. You can head over to SoundCloud or iTunes to listen to past episodes or go to thebridgehead.ca where you can both find episodes of The Culture War as well as episodes of The Van Maren Show. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week.